Oh, so we are steeping ourselves in our healing, are we not? Oh my goodness, it's so good. And I'm so grateful for our mighty companionship. So let us begin with our healing meditation. Oh, let us take that breath of love and gratitude and open ourselves to the unprecedented, unlimited love of God. Let us open ourselves to know the truth that sets us free. We are grateful. We are thankful. That is where we begin, in grace and in gratitude. We're opening ourselves to the higher Holy Spirit self, saying yes to the unlimited, yes to the free flow of love, divine inspiration. So we sit with our spine erect, feet on the floor, and we take these deep breaths of love and gratitude together. And as we do so, we simply notice how we feel physically and emotionally. Where is our mind mentally? Are we present? And as we take these breaths, we become more and more awake to the now moment. God is a now system. It is a now business. And we're making it our business. So we call upon the company of heaven, the ascended masters, the archangels, the ancestors. We call upon all of heaven to support us and assist us in our healing. And as we're becoming more and more present to the now moment, just noticing any physical sensations, hot spots, cold spots, itches and twitches, allowing them to help us become even more present and awake to the love that is flowing through our awareness now. And we consciously connect and commune with the higher Holy Spirit self. This is our time of awakening, and we are grateful to commune with the Holy Self, the higher self. You can even imagine a rainbow bridge from your heart chakra to your higher Holy Spirit self, however that seems to make sense to you. We're extending this rainbow bridge. And we're consciously intending that our vibration is lifted to the very highest that we can hold and maintain. We're consciously intending to release all attachments, all thoughts of negativity that we project onto ourselves and others. We're surrendering them right now, surrendering the thoughts of lack and attack, releasing all attachments, all negative cords from anyone or to anyone. We're wiping ourselves clean, releasing attachments in the form of cravings, aversions, addictive and compulsive tendencies, temptations. All temptation is of the body. We're releasing 
our attachment to seeing ourselves only as a body. We're opening our hearts and minds to the full restoration of our awareness, of our energy, of our God self, our Christed nature. We're calling for a clearing and a cleansing, a purification in all of our chakras so that they're all spinning strong, beautiful, bright, clean, and clear. Right now, you can just do a little check-in, the root chakra, second chakra, solar plexus, heart chakra, throat chakra, third eye, crown chakra, just noticing, scanning them. We learn to scan the chakras, just to notice, do they feel like they're spinning perfectly, beautifully, cleanly, clearly, and if not, this is our intention, this is our aspiration, is to be perfectly energetically aligned in the optimum energetic. We're intending our expansion, our clearing, our purification. Likewise, we intend that any rips or tears or holes in the aura are repaired so that our aura is intact and working perfectly. And now let us bring all the energy bodies, the subtle energy bodies, into alignment, into harmony, into balance. So you can imagine them like rings around your physical body, including your physical body. We're bringing them all into balance from the front of the aura to the back and the back to the front from the right to the left and the left to the right, from the feminine to the masculine and the masculine to the feminine, from the inside to the outside and the outside to the inside, from the bottom to the top and the top to the bottom. We call upon Archangel Michael to assist us in aligning with divine will. So we call for a royal blue shield of protection around our entire aura. It is our intention to align with divine will. Divine will is our protection. And now let us send that grounding cord from the root chakra all the way down through the layers of earth to the very center of the earth and seeing it attached there in whatever way makes sense to you. And then bringing your awareness to the soles of your feet. We open the feet chakras and we draw in the clean green energy from deep in Mother Earth like sipping on a straw. Drawing it up the legs, across the thighs, into the root chakra, spinning clockwise, sending it back down the 
grounding cord to the center of the earth. And we continuously draw this clean green energy in and intend for it to circulate around and around and around. And then we split the energy at the root chakra. We send half down the grounding cord and the other half up through the upper chakra, second chakra, solar plexus, heart chakra, throat chakra, third eye chakra, crown chakra, green clean, restorative healing energy flowing all the way up and out the crown chakra, three feet in the air, spraying like a fountain. Nourishing, cleansing, and clearing us on the inside and the outside. Breathing deeply. Then we call forth a white light from above. Drawing it in to our auric field to surround us and enfold us, raining down upon us like sweet white stars, white energy, white light flowing in through the top of the head, all the way down through all the chakras, cascading right through and into the root chakra, down the grounding cord to the center of the earth, and then seeing it spread out from there to fill the entire earth and to emanate from the earth, seemingly to surround Mother Earth with the white light, including now surrounding us with the white light. So the white light is soaking and saturating Mother Earth and all her beings, including the elemental kingdom, including us, clarifying, purifying, cleansing, clearing, revitalizing all of our chakras, all the subtle bodies, our entire auric field, everything being fluffed up with light. So grateful. And now we bring our attention to the heart, heart chakra, and we give thanks for our teachers. Give thanks for all the teachers in all directions of time and space, all the teachers known and unknown, recognized and not recognized, all the teachers we've accepted and honored and those we have not. We're giving thanks for all of our teachers, the ones we rejected and the ones we've received. And in this moment now, we're choosing to intend to release all judgments, to harvest the learning from all our experiences, 
So any of the learning that's been blocked by our judgments and our opinions, we're opening our heart and mind now to release those blocks to love and to receive the love, to receive the learning encoded into every single experience. Receiving all the love, all the healing. Breathing deeply. So grateful for our teachers, so grateful for our willingness to learn, to harvest the learning, harvest the benefits from everything we've rejected. Breathing deeply. Opening our heart. We see that rainbow Taurus ring turning in our heart. Rainbow Taurus ring turning at the edge of our aura. Sending rainbows of love and light from our heart to the heart of the universe. Receiving back again rainbows of love and light from the heart of the universe to our heart. 360 degrees, rainbows of love and light flowing out and flowing in. And now we see the white light emanating from our heart chakra, filling our entire auric field with that white light. like an energetic recharge, a cleansing and a clearing. Sealing our aura from the inside, blue light on the outside, aligning with love, aligning with divine will, purification. We're choosing to know our true identity. And in your workbooks, one of uh, my all-time favorite tools are the purity affirmations, which are on page 42 of workbook number two. We're in workbook number two now. You'll see kind of a rainbow Taurus ring there on uh, page 42 with the purity affirmations. So we are going to say them together as a group. And we're going to do them three times together. Three, Each one three times together. So I invite you to join me and to speak them out loud with me. I find that this is one of the most healing practices and I personally like to do them nine times. Nine is the number of purification, or rather uh, it is the the number of completion, which of course is, <laughs> uh, purification is required for completion. And uh, number nine is also 
the number of bringing benefit to all beings, global healing. Three is the number of the ascended masters. So we're going to do three. I am the fullness of my Christ victory. I am the fullness of my Christ victory. I am the fullness of my Christ victory. And as we do these, let us really energize the white light on the inside, the white light on the outside. We're aligning with that pure white ascension light. I am one with the heart of God. I am one with the heart of God. I am one with the heart of God. I am the purity of love. I am the purity of love. I am the purity of love. I am the purity of all my desires. I am the purity of all my desires. I am the purity of all my desires. I am the purity of all my thoughts and feelings. I am the purity of all my thoughts and feelings. I am the purity of all my thoughts and feelings. I am the purity of my intentions. I am the purity of my intentions. I am the purity of my intentions. I am the purity of all my chakras. I am the purity of all my chakras. I am the purity of all my chakras. I am the purity of all my choices. I am the purity of all my choices. I am the purity of all my choices. I am the purity of love in physical form. I am the purity of love in physical form. I am the purity of love in physical form. I am God in action in all I do. I am God in action in all I do. I am God in action in all I do. I claim my freedom and victory in the light now. I claim my freedom and victory in the light now. I claim my freedom and victory in the light now. Let's take a breath. Just notice how you feel. Notice your chakras again. Let's just take a look at them. Sense of them. Your root chakra. Second chakra, solar plexus, heart chakra, throat chakra, third eye chakra, crown chakra, and just notice any difference that you feel between now and when we checked in before. And breathing deeply, I'm going to read the prayer for partnering up. 
I am that I am. I am my I am presence. I am one with the one, and for this I am truly grateful. In the name of my beloved I am, I ask that my higher Holy Spirit self, my I am presence, lead and guide me to be in the flow of love in all moments of this day and in every area of my life. I intend to be easily led and guided to choose the highest and best in each moment. I allow myself to receive the blessings that are mine to receive. I allow myself to recognize the most loving choices this day. Higher Holy Spirit Self, please make the loving choices so attractive to me that I cannot mistake them. Help me to choose love and to live my life as a joyful and abundant prayer of the heart. Help me to recognize my life is the eternal life of God. I am dedicated to being a loving and beneficial presence on this planet. I choose to be truly helpful. I share the benefits of my healing and expansion with everyone because I am one with them. I am awakening to know my true identity and the true identity of my brothers and sisters. We are one in love eternally, and for this and all the blessings I receive this day, I am so very grateful. In the name of my beloved I am, I know that it is done. I allow myself to accept it, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Hmm. Beautiful. We're ready to rock. (laughs) Yay. So just before we go any further, I'd like to uh, see if anybody would like to uh, share how they feel, if they notice anything from having done uh, the purity affirmations on top of the grounding meditation. Anybody like to just share anything at all about that? star two to raise your hand and it's okay if you didn't feel anything and maybe you feel a little like you're doing something wrong one thing we learn as we go along is that we all have different experiences intuitively so my strongest intuition is often feeling things So other people will experience great visuals where I tend to feel things or get uh, thoughts, ideas about them. Uh, Sometimes I hear messages and very uh, often if I'm listening to the sound of a voice or energetic, I get a lot of information. It's as though the sound waves are encoded with insight and information. The uh, thought is actually a sound uh, wave. And of course, we've got these faculties of insight, clairsentience, that's clear feeling, Claircognizance, that's clear knowing. Clairaudience, that's clear hearing. And clairvoyance, which is clear seeing. 
So those are the main ways that we receive our intuition. Anybody notice anything at all during the meditation that they would be willing to talk about or share? All right. Well, perhaps you're just uh, so in the zone. Remember, star two to raise your hand. All right. As promised, we're going to talk about the root chakra. And uh, I had recommended to everyone that they get Carolyn Mace's book, Anatomy of the Spirit. And uh, I saw where people were sharing in the Facebook group about that and rereading the book, some who had read it before, and sharing videos of Carolyn Mace talking about the chakras. She really, she does have a, a lot of experience and insight working with the chakras. I find that Carolyn Mace, when she is um, sharing, particularly speaking, I think she's very insightful. Although sometimes it does appear that she's judgmental. So she's a real person working through her real stuff. So I invited you to do the uh, root chakra part in workbook number two. And I'd just like to see for the folks who are on the phone, start to raise your hand if you uh, did that. to raise your hand if you did the root chakra work in the workbook number two. Okay, great. Thank you so much. <clears throat> so uh, we're going to dive into this. Now, I've, I've written some about the chakras and uh, some about the root chakra. And uh, in the interest of being both a good teacher and also not being too redundant, uh, for those of you who don't know anything about the chakras, I think my introduction there in the workbook is clear and succinct that these chakras are energy centers and they're like little computers that uh, have all this information there encoded into them and that they are keeping things moving in balance. But they also um, can get clogged and closed and dysfunctional depending on what we believe. And remember that you're going to magnetize into your awareness, you're going to dwell on in your mind the thoughts that are congruent with your beliefs. So this is why we start Masterful Living with the decision to become heart-mind congruent for love. Because any place that we're not, we're going to create dysfunction and distress. So the first chakra, the root chakra, is located at the base of the spine, at the sacrum. And uh, on a fundamental level, the root chakra is where all the 
energetics related to our relationship to the tribe are held. So the tribe is your family. The tribe is your community. The tribe can be uh, slightly different things to different people. So, for instance, uh, for some people, they might have a very strong identification with uh, their sexuality. So their tribe might be gay or heterosexual or bisexual or something like that. Uh, another tribe that well, let's see. Let's see. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to lower those hands. Thank you for raising your hands. And I'm going to ask people to just uh, mention some of the tribes that you are aware of, that you're a part of. Obviously, Masterful Living is <laughs> its a tribe. But if you think of the tribes as really you kind of grew up in that tribe, you have a strong identification with it. Um, and anybody aware of some tribes that they participate in that there's a very strong identification with? Start to to raise your hand. Okay, we've got Sue. Hi, Jennifer. Well, I'm really aware growing up in an Irish-American family that was a big identity. Catholic was a huge identity. Everybody, we went to the same church, the same school. Like our, my neighborhood was 98% Catholic, so we shared common experiences. Like if something happened with a nun, a teacher, everybody knew it. If something happened with the coach of the football team, everybody knew it. Also, working class was huge, um, so there's a lot of talk about them. Was anybody with money? Because <laughs> we didn't have it. Um, and in my later life, my storytelling tribe, I just got back from San Francisco where I was volunteering, helping with the first Asian American Storytelling Festival, and that is such a tribe of folks. We can finish each other's sentences, so many common experiences, getting up on stage and it just, just sitting around laughing and talking was just hours and hours of feeling, and we we say a lot. We are with our tribe, and the Bodhi mm. Spirit is that for me as well. That when I'm sitting with the other uh, leaders and practitioners and whatever, I just feel at home. And then gender-wise, you know, having grown up uh, in the '60s and and coming with the women's movement, I feel a huge affinity with my sisters and um yeah so there's uh, there's multiple multiple I could go on but those are some of the main ones for me oh that's great yeah I really get a strong sense of that too as you're talking about it thank you Sue all right I'm gonna mute Sue out and um uh I think this is Sally here yes. hey there yes hey Hello. Hi. So what's on my list is my immediate family being my WASP, British origin. I'm a senior, a widow. That's a big group that I mix with now, mostly mm -hmm. women because uh, so many more women. North American, Westerner, First World citizen. English is my mother tongue. I'm an Anglican church-wise. A Course in Miracles student. 
Mm. That's my list so far. Mm, that's great. Yeah, good one. Thank you, Sally. Thank you. All right. And uh, I'm kind of feeling like we might move to uh, me muting, unmuting everyone. And um, we've got a lot of people here, but I think it can work if everybody self-mutes. Uh, and then if you have a background noise, I can um, mute you out. But um, if you all press your self-mute buttons, I'll unmute everyone. So most of you have located your mute button on your handset. And here we go. Uh, and then if you have oh. Noise, I can, uh, oh, there they all go. <laughs> yep. Okay. Got a few people still unmuted with background noise. Give you another moment here to start to, I mean, not start to, not start to, um, just to self-mute on your own mute there. And uh, you can also press star six to self-mute. And... Uh, then star seven to talk, I think. All right, I am going to mute out someone in Lowell, Mass, and someone in New Jersey. All right, there we go. Pretty quiet now. Even if it's really, really quiet, if you just self-mute, it just makes it easier. Thank you. Okay. And Colleen, I'm going to mute you out. All right. So uh, remember, I believe you can unmute yourself with a star seven if you're not using your self-mute button on your phone. All right. So uh, we've got some great... Uh, tribes going. Anybody else have some tribes? They want to add to the mix? All right. Well, I'm sure we have some other religious backgrounds. Um, uh, let's see. We've got... Anonymous here. Hi, Jennifer. It's Mary. Hey, Mary. The tribe that I was thinking of that hasn't been mentioned is one to do with uh, occupation. For example, uh, tribe of nursing. And that's, uh, that's one of my tribes, a professional tribe or you know, if you're retired, even if it's a semi-professional, somehow when you meet somebody that's a nurse, there's a common commonality, common denominators that you just link together because, you know, you come from the same tribe, regardless of where that tribe was in the world or the country. Um, and it's, um, yeah, I would say that's, that's one of my, one of my tribes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great example, Mary. Thank you. You're welcome. And I'll let you self-mute. All right. So we've got some great examples going here. Now, as I, I wrote in the workbook, 
uh, in our so in our um, root chakra is where our mental and emotional health are processed. So you can see this is extremely critical, very important. And that we have a really high-functioning, clean, clear root chakra. Now, it's pretty obvious that issues related to the base of the spine, the sacrum, the rectum, the legs, the bones, the feet, varicose veins, sciatica, or even the immune system are root chakra issues. So just take stock. Do you have, noticeably in your lifetime, do you have issues related to that area of your body or to mental and emotional health? Just notice that. Because doing this root chakra healing work could potentially be all that you need to do to heal that physical issue. Because remember, in this world of effects, all thought produces form. All thought produces form. There are no idle thoughts. That's the teaching of A Course in Miracles. So, if you have a thought related to your place in the tribe where you don't feel good about it, maybe you feel angry about it, maybe it's frightening to you, there's some unhealed hurt about, related to your position in the tribe, including, of course, your family as the main tribe that you're participating in, it could easily show up in a physical issue. Now, here's the good news. If things are showing up in the physical, you're almost done with them. That's my understanding. That when we have a thought that is not true, that's false, and we choose to believe it, and we hold on to it, and we energize it, and we invest in it, then what happens is it's going to become made manifest in form. So the first way that things manifest in form really is our feelings, our emotions, the emotional body. And then if we don't pay attention to our emotions and recognize them as the divine alarm clock going off, right, then they travel into the physical. And there's irritation, there's upset, there's frustration, there's suffering in the physical, distress in the physical. Because we didn't pay attention to it when it was in the emotional. And it was in the emotional experience because we weren't paying attention to it when it was in our thoughts. So things travel outward in the subtle bodies and they become more and more dense in the world of form. So obviously the physical body, a pain in the physical body 
is a denser expression of the thought than upset in the emotional body. So, for instance, let's say that uh, I can think of uh, people that I've known that were very constricted in their emotional life and they held a lot in and didn't express it. And they also had chronic constipation, particularly people who have had emotional wounding from the family, from the tribe, that they were holding it in, not working with it, not healing it, not addressing it, but holding it in, experiencing chronic constipation. Because having that wounding in your family, in the tribe, not processing it, not healing it, continuing to energize it, continuing to energize the regrets, the resentment, the shame, and the blame, keeps it alive, keeps it inflamed, and keeps it creating something in form. So first we have the thought, then we have the emotional experience, and then we have the physical experience. So the physical is the most dense manifestation of our belief system. Now, one thing to recognize in all of this is A Course in Miracles tells us the script has already been written and that everything is as we would choose it to be. So what this means is that we have written into our script that if we choose not to answer the wake-up call, not to hear the divine alarm clock, but to hit the snooze button, then that belief or that thought, which is coming into our awareness and into our experience so that we can address it and heal it, then it will become made manifest in form, in density, like concretized thought, so that we'll address it in that way. And so we get opportunities all the way along, and we all, we're all adults, we know this all too well, that we get a sense that there's, we should speak up. We get a sense that you really better say something now. We get a sense that, boy, if you don't say something now, it's just really going to get worse. And we hold it in, we hold it in, and then we're coping, we're managing, we're settling. And then the next thing that happens is we're in regret, we're in resentment, we're in blame, we're in shame. Things happen in form that are painful. Things in form seem to get broken or damaged or destroyed or inflamed in some way. So the 
emotional inflammation, the mental inflammation is now outpicturing in form so that we can address it at last. But sometimes people don't choose to address it. They just want to keep medicating it and medicating it. And I'm sure there's not one of us that hasn't had a bunch of lifetimes where we weren't addressing it no matter what. We weren't addressing it. We just medicated it all the way through. And that was for our learning. So really, in a, in a very real sense, in this world of form, no mistakes can be made. We can choose a higher choice much of the time. But if we don't, we'll learn from it. The higher the choice we can make, the more loving choice we can make, the more we can make a choice that is from honoring and recognizing the unity of all life, the more healing that choice will be. But no matter whether we're making the lowest or the highest choice, we're going to learn. If we're making a higher choice, we're going to heal. And I am much more interested in healing than I am in just learning. You know, I feel like I've really turned the corner on that one. (laughs) I really am interested only in the learning that is healing. So uh, in this root chakra, here are some other things. Uh, Emotional healing issues such as depression, obsessive compulsive behavior or addiction, These are related to the first chakra. They're related to our experience in the tribe and our beliefs about the tribe and our place in the tribe. So some people really wonder a lot, why am I here? Why am I here? Why am I having this experience? Why am I in this family? Why is this happening to me? That's a first chakra issue. And your ability to manifest what you would like in this world is a first chakra issue. So if you feel like you can't really manifest what you'd like in this world, and most of the time you feel like a victim, that's a first chakra issue. And your ability to really focus your mind and focus your energy in a way that is productive uh, and th- on the things that are most important to you, like if you find you can't really focus, it's very common when we're in this spiritual healing that one of the biggest things is that many spiritual students feel secretly ashamed about is their inability to really focus their attention, focus their awareness, and to be able to uh, really gain momentum, and stay committed. That's a first chakra issue. Uh, If you feel alienated, restless, or moody, these are first chakra issues. So, uh, similarly, if you notice you're aggressive, you're demanding, domineering, manipulative, if you see others as a threat, or you're threatening to others, if you feel lethargic, if you feel lacking in confidence, if you fear change, these are all first chakra issues. Okay, so there's a lot going on in that first chakra. So the whole Masterful Living Inquiry that I've written in this workbook, and I really feel like they're all channeled, uh, they're for you to address these issues. 
So some other things here uh, in the root chakra, uh, your sense of safety and security within your family, within your tribe and your community. Also, if you fear abandonment or you feel you have been abandoned, uh, providing, being able to provide for yourself, for your family, your loved ones, even to provide what you need to provide at work for your coworkers, and to some degree your identity, okay, is also in this root chakra because your identity in part is formed by your place in the tribe and having clarity about your place, place in the tribe, feeling good about your place in the tribe and feeling good about your like sub-tribe within the greater tribe, okay? These are all root chakra issues. So, for instance, it might make sense, this is just coming into my awareness now, it might make sense if you had been really wounded in a past life in a root chakra energetic way, that you might choose in this lifetime that uh, we're all self-muted here, so just so you know, uh, those who are coming in later. Um so it just occurred to me that perhaps if you had been uh, experienced some really deep wounding in the tribe in a previous lifetime, that perhaps in this lifetime, what you might choose is to be uh, in this lifetime, just muting out the people who are coming in that aren't self-muting, um, that you might... Uh, for instance, choose to be transgender in this lifetime. Seriously, because uh, transgender people are uh, in many ways rejected or feared by the greater tribe of humanity and by their families and even by um, the gay community you know, transgender and gay. And uh, so there are all kinds of issues and ways that things show up. I also believe that many of us pick particular tribes and things like our sexuality or our uh, skin color, our um, race, uh, all kinds of things like that, our size, as a way of helping and assisting in releasing stereotypes and prejudices. And so I, what I've experienced is I've seen uh, a lot of uh, beings who felt like they had maybe many, many lives as men and part of a, an oppressive patriarchy coming in as women in order to help balance things out and to heal. Uh, likewise, I think that uh, a lot of people who have taken this lifetime to be uh, gay or bi or things like that in their sexuality are coming to help us aggressively break down the stereotypes and the concretized thought about sexuality because 
you know, uh, many of us are very identified with our sexuality, whatever it is. And uh, sexuality brings up so much uh, shame and questioning and concern and fear and doubt and worry. Uh, There's hardly a person I've ever met that hasn't been really challenged at some point in their life with their sexuality. So I think that some people take an incarnation to really have a breakthrough. Uh, Think of people like um, Christopher Reeves, okay? Uh, For sure, that accident that caused that spinal injury was not an accident. Very much there in his script for a holy purpose. But that doesn't mean that he wasn't challenged by it. You know, it wasn't all cake and ice cream for him. Not by a long shot. But his willingness to take that on and do that inner work in such a public way helped millions of people. What a beautiful way to give a gift to all humanity. And the other thing that I feel is extremely important for all of us to always remember, we're one with everyone, and everything that we experience in this world is a projection of what you could call your individual thought and the collective thought combined. But I I really feel it's the most helpful and healing way to approach it is Everything is a projection of my mind, and I am one with everything. Everything, there is just no possibility of separation at all. That is, to me, the most healing thought. And, of course, the most tempting thing is to think a thought of separation, otherness, in some way, comparison, judgment, so when we have a, a healthy root chakra, then our uh, system is working well, our colon is working well, our bowels are working well, our our genitals are working well. When we have a healthy and balanced root chakra, we're learning, we're growing, we have a sense of groundedness and stability and we can relate well with others and we feel safe in our community and in our body. Aren't those wonderful things to aspire to? So in this inquiry, I really encourage you to dive into it. There's There are quite a few questions here and uh, And I think, you know, there's just tremendous learning. When I was writing this, I was so impressed by the questions that were coming through. So I'm going to pause here and see if anybody has a question. Most of you are unmuted. About half of you, about half of you were, had noise, so I muted you. So star two if you're not, I'm not answering you or you I think you can unmute yourself with a star seven 
Anybody question or share? Hello, Sally. Hey, Sally. The second question, what are some of the labels? I don't can't think of any labels. Can you make some suggestions? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, that's a great one. Let's see if anybody else can pitch in here. Any labels that you've agreed to wear in order to be a member of a group? Well, here's one that's really common. Uh, people who are members of the Alcoholics Anonymous group, what is the label that they agree to wear? I'm sure someone knows the answer. Alcoholics? Yeah, thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Not too hard. Yeah. Gosh. Um, all right. Any other uh, labels that people can think of? Sue? Sue? Hi. Sorry, I'm getting my mute scooped up here. Um, being a practitioner, being a spiritual counselor. Oh, there you go. Okay. That's a label. Yeah. And are there labels that go with that? Positive so for, or negative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There could be. Um, same, same with being an alcoholic. Go ahead. Well, you know, I mean, there's some people be that, that new age thought person, and to some that's positive, and to some that's really negative. Right. Very good. Yep. And, um, okay, thank you. And uh, Mary? Any type of group that you participate in, for example, a gardener, a bridge player, uh, and also I've, I've studied Carolyn Mace for about 25 years, and she does not promote, she does not encourage people to go to support groups. For example, if you have a particular illness, say, for example, arthritis, she has real strong feelings against going to a group that supports arthritis, particularly if you think you, you've learned just about everything you know about the disease or condition, because there are people that collaborate and they uh, come together and they express all their basically pro their problems and i have i have in my um experience i have mixed feelings about that because there's a fine line i mean i've been to some support groups as as a facilitator and others just as a participant for example a, a grief recovery group which i think is very therapeutic and i think that's not what she's talking about she's talking about illness, major illnesses, like a, um, a physical uh, a rape group. Maybe you were raped for 30 seconds as a child, and, and you go and you make a lifetime experience out of living in the past. So I guess my question is, there's a fine line between going to a support group 
and identifying with the condition and also getting help, you know, and support. But if you go to the group, I've gone to some groups, and I really don't feel like I've been supported. I just feel almost nauseated because of everybody expressing themselves in an, in a, a negative fashion, which is what their life is about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's very easy to become identified with a problem or an illness. Yes, and then you put yourself back into that victim role, and it's a fine line for me because you don't want to be a victim. On the other hand, you want support, you want to get better. So I I kind of have mixed feelings about that. But, you know, the victim would be another another label, another group, uh, any kind of sickness um, category. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in in your studies, how do you feel about that? As far as um, the the fine line between healing, getting support, and getting through the victimhood, but also receiving support without colluding with people in your tribe that aren't well, healthy? Yeah, I think it's a really important question, Mary. And I think that there are no uh, general answers in a certain way. So, for instance, um, uh, I I actually have, uh, I, I have led support groups but I've not been a participant in one, really. And uh, though uh, I, I could say that I've been a, par- a participant in um, groups that were for nurturing and support uh, with uh, like a prayer circle, prayer partners, mm-hmm. where we get together and have dinner and pray together and talk and um and that's been extremely healing and nourishing and wonderful. Um, what I recognize, for instance, with uh, some groups, like I can think of cancer support groups and uh, in or uh, support groups for people who have loved ones who have cancer and that there are people who find that it is extremely helpful and beneficial to be a part of one of those groups uh, for the reason of recognizing that the feelings that they're having are quote unquote normal. So sometimes when you're caring for uh, a loved one who is uh, very ill, it can be that you lose sight of yourself but you don't recognize it. So being in a discussion group about it where someone else is, you know, experiencing that and you have a good facilitator who can help people course correct, that can be wonderful and really helpful. Um, it, it really depends on each individual case. So, for instance, in um, some 12-step meetings, uh, there can be a sense of tremendous spiritual growth and upliftment and inspiration in other groups. 
it can seem more like people are there uh, because they want to complain or because they just are feeling uh, lost and hopeless and they have nowhere else to go. And uh, the people who are supporting them don't really have much more of a clue than they do. So every group is different because the intentions of the leaders are different. And so like attracts like. Um, And uh, for me, I am interested in being identified with the I am presence. So I am not a big joiner of groups. Even with my A Course in Miracles group that I ran for four years, we were on the phone and uh, rather than in person. uh, And uh, it was unconventional in a lot of ways. We did not have a... um, It was more about discussing. It was more about... What what are we thinking? What are we feeling? What are we understanding? Rather than uh, some rules and regulations, and uh, was more informal in a certain way, and that was because that's what I was interested in. I was interested in having a dialogue and a conversation, rather than uh, some formal. Uh, going through and studying A Course in Miracles line by line. Not that that would be wrong or bad. It just wasn't what I was interested in. So I I think you bring up some really good points that, you know, people can uh, join a group and then become identified as a victim, that that could be the focus of the group. But you could have a cancer support group that wasn't about that, and you could have one that is. Yes, I see, yep. Okay, I, I feel pretty complete. That that sounds that sounds good. Yeah, and, and you know, I'll, I'll just add one more thought to that, which is uh, someone could walk into a group where the focus was on poor me, I feel bad, and... Um, they could see all of that and they could say, yeah, I was feeling bad about myself, but now I hear these people and how badly they feel about themselves. And I realize, yeah, that's not the way to go. I, this is like just the experience of so many people in one room feeling so victimized or so badly about themselves can make a person realize, okay, there's no room for any of that anymore. I'm going to stop that that stinking thinking right now and they don't ever need to go back to that group Uh, and they will have raised themselves up by being in that experience and you know another thing is is that someone could walk into that group where everybody is complaining and be a light presence and they're there to bring the light and they do bring the light and they change the conversation around and um, I'll give you two examples related to that. One is uh, when I w- graduated as a practitioner from the Agape practitioner training, I, I I really intended as I was going through the training that <clears throat> I wanted to walk in the world as a healing presence. 
<clears throat> and that I wouldn't have to say anything in order to be a healing presence. That simply by being in the room, I would be a healing presence. And that the vibration of the conversation, the vibration of everything that was happening within my energy field uh, would be lifted. And so whether I walked into a Starbucks and simply order, ordered a cup of coffee, I, I was broadcasting love and light and the conversations that were going on in the room would be lifted because I was there. That was my intention, was to learn how to walk as the Christ light, to be the Christ light for myself and then to broadcast it to others. And so what I've seen in my life over the years is that more and more that is my experience, that that I can bring that, I can intend that, and it can be experienced by other people. So I invite everyone to set their intention to walk and live and be as the Christ light in order to be a healing, inspiring uplifting presence and uh another story i think and i've borne this out i've definitely had this experience where um i remember years ago i heard michael beckwith tell a story uh where um he was uh getting takeout in a restaurant and there were these two young guys there who were talking and he was just kind of listening as he was waiting for his food. And uh, they were talking about how um, the world is a terrible place and everybody's out to get you and you have to watch your back and you can't trust anyone and all these kinds of thoughts. And so, and then they turned to Reverend Michael and said, uh, don't you think it's true, man? Isn't that your experience too? And he said, you know, I have a totally different experience. He said, you know, I really go in the world thinking, you know, ah, today's a great day. It's a great day to be generous and kind and loving and compassionate. And uh, I'm excited about who am I going to meet and how can I be helpful? How can I be in tune with life, you know, and really carry that high vibration into everything I'm doing? And so I, I just, I, I find that I have a really great experience and people want to help me. They want to know me. They want to talk with me they want to have lunch with me it's uh it's great and they said oh yeah yeah that's my experience too yeah and so he realized that within just a moment they went from thinking everything is crap to everything is good just because he stood there and when they were trying to convince him that it was terrible and he said no no it's not and because he he knew the truth, they aligned with him very, very quickly. So I used to pray with a lot of people. That's why I started the prayer, prayer line is people would call me in the morning and whatnot throughout the day for prayer. And people would call me, particularly if they were going to go for a job interview or they were going to go on an audition Right, living in Los Angeles, lots of actors and musicians and people going out on auditions, and um, 
people would call me and to pray with them before they went for the interview or the audition. And I would always say to them, just remember, you don't know why you're going there. You might think you're going there to get a job, but God may know that you're going there to be the highest light that you can be because there are some people who are mired in some low vibration and they might be very close to suicide or uh, self-medication in some really desperate way. You don't know. So go in there with the intention of lifting the vibration, being a loving, light-filled presence, and then If there's some other benefit to you other than being the love and the light, it will naturally magnetize to you. What's yours is yours. It can't be taken away from you. So don't, but don't go in just trying to get something. That is the most limited point of view. Go in to share something, to be in a, a, perfect experience of giving and receiving love and then see what happens and then no matter how it goes on the job front you will have succeeded and you will know it so the same is true if you're going to go to a cancer support group the same is true if you're going to an AA meeting the same is true no matter where you go it's if you're going to Thanksgiving dinner if you're going to see your mom on Mother's Day or your daughter doesn't matter why you're going. If you're going to visit somebody in the hospital, don't take the smallest, most surface reason for going anywhere. And no matter how victimized the people feel in the room, if you're carrying that love and light that you truly are and you know it and you're willing to broadcast it, to have the courage and the strength to be your true self, everyone in that room, will be expanded and uplifted by your presence. And no matter how deeply entrenched in their victimhood they are, it can't last. It can't last. Don't be so casual about going anywhere in your life. So I understand what Carolyn Mace is saying, but I I would say go there for a holy purpose. You don't know why you're going. If you feel drawn to go, go. You might yes. think you're going to get something, but go there to be something. Yeah, she, um, please don't misunderstand me, anybody. She does talk about both sides, but she, you know, that that's a real strong feeling she has. So, yeah, she does talk about what you just spoke about also. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of a warning she has out there, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know how to express it. But, yeah, mm. yeah. Thanks, Mary. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. All right. And uh, we've got someone who's on Skype, doesn't say who they are. Is this me? That's you. Um, I go through this my list of um, um, tribes, and I don't feel any real um, stuckness in any of them. But here's my question. At when I'm drifting off to sleep for no apparent reason at all, a dread comes over me. I have no idea where it comes from, and it it doesn't last all day or 
all night or whatever, but it's like a mild panic. Mm -hmm. And it's been with me for, is that a root thing? A root? I have, I have, it's just like, oh, here it is again. And then I, um, you know, I'll do um, call on Jesus. I haven't done any real, you know, because it hasn't lasted very long. But Mm -hmm. is um, it feels like a heart chakra thing to me. Okay. That's how it feels to me. Um, Okay. What uh, I I would say always follow your inclination rather than mine, and. I think that that's a pretty common thing. Does anybody else ever have that sense of oh, dread yeah. as you're <laughs> you're falling asleep? Sue, what what uh, can you elaborate at all? Yeah, it's a dread and it's a fear. I, I I've connected a lot with fear of death because um, you're kind of going into a nothingness when you go to sleep. It's a letting go. I have it sometimes when I wake up too, but I'll just um yeah, it's kind of an overwhelming um moves the energy moves just right through my body. So I, I've just been like, put it on the altar, God transform this, put this on the altar. I'm not interested. I'm interested in feeling connected, I'm interested in feeling love. Um I it doesn't freak me out as much as it used to, but um it's yeah, it's it's just like what you're saying, it's like there it is. Well, it's um, not nice to know that somebody else has it. <laughs> I didn't mean it, but I'm glad you have it. It's nice to know that there's, I'm not, not, alone. not something really weird, you know. Mm-hmm. So I know I can tie, you know, psychologically I can tie it to abuse in my family that a lot of things happen, bad things happened at night, you know, and it's like that who's going to come in my room mm-hmm. or... Um, you know, so I know there's there's stuff from this lifetime. It feels old though too. It feels if there's such a thing as past lives, it's just um, mm-hmm. those waves of of anxiety that'll come sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I just say, okay, opportunity to get connected, opportunity to turn to God. God is my protector. God's my love. God's my safety. So I just kind of pray myself to sleep. Mm-hmm. That that gives me a few different words to use rather than like, oh wow, what is this? You know, so connect, connect. Okay. Anybody else? I have this feeling. Well, I'll 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 just say I I've definitely had that feeling uh, many times and. To me, it it has to do with uh, that feeling as you're getting ready to fall asleep of uh, relaxing, letting go. And it's like a way for the ego to slide in there and grab you. That's how it feels to me like, oh, wait a minute, what about worrying about this? You know, or um, a sense of dread uh, around, I am not living my life the way I should be living it. I I have failed again this day. 
to measure up to my potential. Those are some of the feelings that I have felt in mm-hmm. in that sense of dread, you know, right as right as you're falling asleep or yeah. Okay. Okay. Well it gives me something to work with. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. And my uh my what I learned worked really well for me to get rid of it. it I don't I don't have it like that anymore, though sometimes when I'm falling asleep, you know, the thought will come into my mind, oh, I forgot to do something. Uh, Oh, uh, I should have done that. And that kind of thought will come in. And then if I'm not going to get up and do something about it right in that minute and just take proactive uh, action, then what I do is I say, uh, I'm, I'm not going to entertain those thoughts of negativity. I'm not going to entertain the thoughts of attack. I'm not doing it. So they have no place here. There's no room here. Uh, I choose love, and that's all I'm interested in. And then, you know, because I'm so practiced at it, that's it. That's the end of it right then. You know, whereas I used to have to kind of really be like, I mean it. I am not doing that. No, really, I'm not doing that. But now it's just not doing that. Boom, done. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I am going to, uh, anybody have any final thoughts here, questions? Linda wrote in and she said, I'm not sure if this is a tribe, but I've always been told I look just like my mother and built like her and everything. So if my mother is 300 pounds and a double cancer survivor, how do I remove myself from that part of my family tribe? Well, that that's a really good question, Linda. So I, I would say that... Uh, and I'm just going to mute everybody out. Oh, wait, we got somebody. Okay. Um, hang on one second here. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to say that uh, there is a sense of mother, daughter, grandmother, tribe. And I would say that it's not so much about removing yourself from that tribe, but what I hear you say, just to clarify, I really hear you saying, um, how do you release the judgment about your mother? and her weight and whatever the judgments might be about the cancer. So to me, it's the same with any kind of judgment. We have to be willing to no longer be interested in that thought anymore. And we take responsibility for the way that it is, knowing that 
somehow, some way, your mother showed up that way in perfect divine order for your healing. So whenever we are afraid of something like our mother's weight or our father's alcoholism or whatever it is, our our parents' psychoses, uh, our parents' finances, any of those kinds of things that we seem to fear having inherited that if we can take responsibility for it and say, this is mine to heal, and I'm interested in healing it, and how am I going to heal it? I'm going to give it to the Holy Spirit for healing. That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it all over to the Holy Spirit and in trust and faith allow the healing to happen. So, Part of the process of healing is the judgments are going to come up into our mind over and over and over again, and we're going to get the choice to either say, not interested in that, or to say, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm still interested in that one. Yep, no, that that still seems very real to me. And so we get to choose and choose again and choose again and choose again. And that's how we do that healing. All right, we've got uh, someone here in Wisconsin raising their hand. Hey there. Hello? Hey. Can you hear me? Hear you perfectly. Okay, so I just had a thought about uh, when I was kids, I always was scared going to sleep, and I always have to go and check all doors. Um, and this habit kind of sometimes continues, like even I'm now, sometimes I even I start sleeping and I think about doors. I need to check a door because it's locked. <laughs> it's some probably it's related like safety, not being safe yourself not feeling safe um and like in the heart always like feels like i gotta go i gotta go check or one time even in a dream i was dreaming thinking about about doors (laughs) Um. yeah well you know that's the the dream uh the heal heal yourself in your dreams in the workbooks? Mm-hmm. Did you find that yet? Mm-hmm. I forget where it is yeah. right now. Uh-huh. But that's yeah. that's that's what I used to heal that because I used to be afraid to be a home alone at night. Mm-hmm. So that's the fourth theme. And I started doing that. Like I, I just yesterday probably forgot. Usually I, before I go to sleep and... Um, I ask spirit um, to keep me safe in my dreams um, and show all safe in all circumstances. Beautiful. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it works. It really, really works. Yeah, but I just want to share what what I because when I was kid, I was very um, cautious about that. But I have to check all doors. And um, 
make sure everything's okay, locked, and nobody's in the house. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you, you know, uh, I, I so completely healed that that uh, there are many nights that uh, or many mornings I wake up and I realize I never locked the doors. Yeah. And uh <laughs> and I've even had the experience where the wind blew open the door sometime in the night and it's just been open all night long. And I even living in the city, I had that and uh didn't lock my doors uh, a lot of the time. So it, it, you can really do this deep deep healing Gita. It's great. Good for you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. All right, I'm going to mute you out, and I'm just going to uh, suggest for everybody who's working the workbooks, and again, if you're not working the workbooks, that's fine. That's your choice. They're there for the people who would like to do the work. Uh, uncapped agreements is what I'm suggesting you do this week. It is so powerful you'll be amazed at how much energy that you could have. Remember when we did the the work in week one about uh, the energy, where we were using our energy and how much of what percentage of our energy was not available to us uh, because it was invested in so much negativity? A lot of energy is invested in unkept agreements. So I invite you to, if you feel like you'd like to have more energy, to get more momentum, to move forward and do deeper healing work, do that section in the workbook. All right. So let's place our hand on our heart and be so grateful and so thankful that we are healing and that it's happening now. So grateful and so thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to choose our true identity. We're grateful and thankful for our healing, grateful and thankful to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In grace and gratitude, we truly let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, everybody. Have a great rest of your week.